Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rolling. I'm rolling. We're, we're gonna get started. Welcome to the Interloop Radio. I'm Rachel Koontz, and I'm just checking in with my friend Ethelbert Miller, DC poet and literary activist. Let's see what he's up to. So, Ethelbert, uh, tell me, how's it going? It's going well, you know. Um, I have a new book that just came out um, that I um, edited with my um, good friend, Miho. It's a book of poetry um, entitled We Eclipse Into the Other Side. And so, you know, we created this whole concept of two-ness, writing poems together. Uh, and so mm. this is a collection that was published by um, Pinion Publishing Company out in Colorado. So I'm very happy about that. It's a very beautiful design. Didn't you just have a book come out? <laughs> that well, not well, that would mean you, you were promoting a book. Yeah, just I was turning them out. Well, no, not turning them out. You know, I was, I was doing a. I finished my baseball trilogy, so that was like the last time I. When I saw you, I had a book party there in Columbia, Maryland, and that yeah. was for, for the baseball book. But this one is so this is a little special because my work with Miho is completely different. You know, hmm. I think her influence on my writing style forced me to explore new possibilities. And I think that when you collaborate with other artists, that's how you grow. Totally. And how did you, how did you meet her? How did you guys we decide have, to do a project met, together? You know, um, I was working on another book on of haiku. Um, and, <laughs> Prolific. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she actually met me online. Uh, I was giving a talk. And so we became very good uh, friends, you know, exchanging correspondence. So how did you get interested in haiku? I was always writing haiku, you know, um, if I went back to when I got started writing poetry, um, when I was at Howard University, like in the late 60s, um, many of my poems were very short, you know, so I really generated, you know, I really sort of was attracted to the haiku form because, you know, that mm. was where most of my poems were short poems, you know. Uh, right. And it's only when I started doing like readings that I started saying, well, I better have some long poems because uh, people introduce me and the introduction would be longer than what I was going to be reciting. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be really, really busy. Like I said, last time I saw you were promoting your the, uh, the last book of your baseball trilogy. You right. got nominated for a Grammy and right. went to the Grammys. How was that? Right. How was that's like, that feels like a different world, right? Well, it, it's a different world, but you know what I told some people here, um, it's very important in terms of looking at this category because it's a spoken word poetry category, okay? And Ivy, who won you know, the, the award, he was the one that really lobbied for this new category to be created. And what was happening, mm-hmm. people who were spoken word were up against like Michelle Obama reading her, her memoir or something like that, spoken word. So they have this mm. re- recognition by the, the recording industry that there are uh, people out there who are doing you know, spoken word. It's a very, very important for the, for the um, the industry to to recognize that 
And I think right that happens, it's like its own genre, right? Its own genre. And what happens, you know, is that when you are a Grammy nominee, you don't have to win. When you're a Grammy nominee, you know, that opens a lot of doors, you know. Mm. Uh, and you see people who that's one of the first thing they list in their bio that they're a Grammy nominee. For me, because I'm a writer and literary activist, that's the last thing you see in my bio. Because <laughs> what happens, I don't want right. to lose my I don't want to lose my identity. You know. Yeah. Um, when I went when I went out to the Grammys, you know, um, dealing with a city like LA that has a very large skid row and you see this mm -hmm. proximity between this juxtaposition between poverty and limousines okay poverty mm. and limousines you know I'm going to this Grammy award ceremony but you're in a limousine passing all these people who are, are homeless mm -hmm. and and you really yeah. get a sense of where we are politically in this country yeah absolutely and then you have to ask yourself okay what is my work about? Am, am I am I being honored for work that's supposed to be in sympathy with certain political causes? I don't think so. If I'm on this side of the fence, so it, right. it, it 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 was very important for me to see that. But at the same time, I did enjoy the fact that I got to see many friends of mine who I don't see because they are on the West Coast, you know. And yeah. so I had like a small little reception, and and people came out, and that was very nice. Speaking of which, you are such a, an advocate and active literary citizen. How do you manage that with all of your books and promoting and <laughs> Grammys and all of that? You're everywhere all at once. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, when you say that, I, I just got I just got a note from a friend of mine, um, and I just I just got finished doing something very important, which I wanted to do for a long time. Um, I have a TV show called The Scholars. And what I was able to do yesterday uh, was interview uh, Sus Susanna Heschel. Susanna Heschel, mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with her, is the daughter uh, of uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who is usually the rabbi that you see when you look at footage of the civil rights movement. You know, that you see Martin Luther King and you see this rabbi. That's that's Abraham Heschel. You know, he was the person very mm -hmm. much responsible for King speaking out against the war in Vietnam. And for me to have an opportunity to, to talk to Susie Heschel, um, one-on-one -on -one was 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 very very important to me. I've known her for many many years, but just the interviewing her yesterday was was something that I was really looking forward to. And then I was sending out the I was so excited I was sending things out three o'clock in the morning. One of my friends said, "Ethelbert, don't you sleep?" You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I tell you, I tell you, Rachel, on a, on a on a serious note, why I I push myself is because I'm in my seventies. I've lost so many friends, and maybe you've had experienced this also in terms of coming through the COVID. You don't take things for granted, mm -hmm. but you know, I try to speed up what I was doing, and and you know, keep in mind I'm a literary activist. So for many many years, especially mm -hmm. when I was at Howard for forty years, my my service was to other people. My service mm -hmm. was to the literary community. You know, um, there's like this Grammy nomination is only like the second award that I've gotten for my own work. Okay, and because I made a conscious political decision, many of my publishers of my work are like small black publishing companies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's why I've never been up for any sort of award. You know, I tell people, you want to win, a, you want to win a, a Pulitzer Prize, just be published by Grey Wolf Press, Copper Canyon, or Ferris Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You know, it's like you know, yeah. like you know. You know, I mean, what if if you if you if you got a collection of poll on one of those companies, you know, you at least get nominated. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and and um, you know, if you want one of these small independent companies, you know, um, you better have a couple of blurs by Rita Dove and Natasha Trotherway <laughs> and Joy Harjo. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or else it doesn't go anywhere. And that's and that's the politics, you know. And I yeah. think it'll come back to what I like about, you know, the inner loop is that, you know, 
you're providing outlets for many new voices. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you move through this literary community, you really encounter the politics, you know, you encounter Definitely. The, the, the people who don't get the outlets. And I always tell people, the writers that are the most discriminated against are any, are any writers that's doing what you might define as experimental work. Mm -hmm. You know, um, totally. they might get a, they just don't get the, uh, the full support. You know, if it's a fellowship and they need four votes, they get two, you know, yeah. um, if any. And, and that's yeah. one of the things, being on these panels, I, I just said that, well, anybody who's doing something that's groundbreaking is right. going to have a hard time, you know. Yeah, it's such a shame. I've, I've been thinking about that yeah. a lot, actually. It has to sure. fit into these specific pre-ordained yeah. right. sort of structures. And then so people can be like, well, this is what I'm used to seeing. So this is what is sure. good sure. or good. And you know what happened? You know, when you do that, you know what happens, these panels in the past, and they still do, they'll try to balance things in terms of race, mm -hmm. gender, um, region. And, but then when you get everything together, everybody has the same taste about literature. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the same, the same oh. general, you know. So it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, make all, you check all these boxes, you know. Right. But then the half is, they, they have the same view about literature. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um I I I love how you just live and breathe literary activism like even when <laughs> we're just hanging out and chatting and I run into right. you you have something to tell me <laughs> to read or do or think about yeah. it's the best thank you well, so much well, well, you know, you know, you know I'll, I'll say this once again because when I saw you Courtney you came to my book fair and I I said this and I always and I just said this actually a couple of days ago you guys have, have created a, a very important organization. Um, you guys, you know, I like the fact that when you get together, you guys are still giggling, you know, which is really a good sense of, 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 of happiness. You know, you being a parent, right. <laughs> you have time to giggle, you know. Um, and, 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 and what happens is that, you know, that's the joy that you want to always have. That's the joy that if I'm a young writer and I meet you or Courtney, you, you inspire me to be like you. You inspire me to say, okay, um, there is service. You know, there is a joy in terms of running a literary series and interviewing writers, as opposed to some people that just writing and, and it's that's all they do. They're not really sharing it with anybody. They don't see themselves mm -hmm. as part of a community. They don't want to build a community. And I think that what you're doing is very important. And whenever I have an opportunity to, to interact with you, I try to say that because um, Sometimes you can be loved, but people never say, I love you, you know? And so right. uh, that, that's very important to say. Well, thank you. I well, appreciate thank you. that. Well, I appreciate everything that you're doing. Awesome. Well, have a, I hope you have a great week and that all of the things continue to work off each other. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another dose of writerly fun. Remember to subscribe so you can get inspired, get focused, and get lit on the Inner Loop Radio.